When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Andrew Murdoch. Welcome to Off the Bench, Paul Hazelby. Yes, and Andrew Murdoch. He is back for a special edition of Off the Bench. How you been, Andrew? I've been very well. I've been keeping myself busy, just biding my time on until, until I could hop back into this chair with Rob Beaver taking a couple of days off after he worked all across the Easter long weekend. And not much sport really to talk about, but we're going to do our best in today's show. Well, you find that I feel like there's still a lot to talk about with the lack of sport rather than the sport. It's all about what's, how it's affecting all the clubs and associations and codes around Australia and around the world. The world. Well, this week the IPL was affected. We had last week, it was the Olympic Games and the NRL. They're pushing on with their plans to restart on the 28th of May. The AFL, they stated throughout the week, two weeks away from announcing when they will return. They're just finalising their internal plans. They did say they're confident there will be a 2020 draft that will happen, but they did talk down suggestions of playing more than 22 rounds in coming years, citing that the contracts are already in place and also the venues have already put those contracts in place as well. What do you think about that idea not to extend to more games in future years to try and drag back a bit of revenue? I don't. I think extending the season out, it's already a very long season. All we hear from the players is that, if anything, they're playing too much and they want to bring it back. They want less quarters. I think they definitely want less games or much shorter quarters and more games. But I don't think you can have it all, all staying the same. But it's worth floating. And I think the one thing about this is, you know, Crisis creates opportunity and, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention. So these kinds of things create a lot of creativity, a lot of ideas coming around and that's what the AFL needs to do and what all the codes need to do. Where did you steal those quotes from? Winston Churchill, I think. Was. Winston. Well, we've been <laughs> quoting Winston here on Off the Bench. We do everything, but we must move on. No more quotes from you. Cricket Australia, they look like they're in a fair bit of trouble. They had to lay off a lot of staff, down to absolute skeleton staff now. And now coaches too, like Justin Langer, they're expected to be stood down for a period of time. They've also lost a fair bit of their nest egg. They had a lot invested in the stock markets. That's gone down, my understanding is, by about $15 million. All the Executive staff, they've taken a 20% voluntary pay cut, including the CEO, Kevin Roberts. The World Cup, that looks like it's in danger. Uh, The IPL's been pushed back, as I mentioned, and the home series against India, that is the big one. Can you see this going ahead later this summer without crowds? I think I'm a little bit of an optimist in this situation, and I feel like six months, Mm. nearly seven months, six months is a long time in terms of this coronavirus situation I think a lot and a lot can change in that time who knows what we might be dealing with in that time it's been three months four months since this all started 
who knows what it'll be like in another six months' time. It's happened pretty quickly, though, hasn't it? Like, mm. one month ago, we cancelled the AFL season. Now, already, they're talking about getting it back. So, it does go to show. And school's going back this week as well. So, there still is a chance for Cricket Australia. The other news was the news out of the NBL that uh, they have reached an agreement with all the clubs and the players that most players will take a salary reduction going into next season. So, this is a sport that was hardly affected by the broadcast rights deal because they got to game three of the grand final. Of course, they were played with no crowd, so a bit of the revenue was affected there. But players that were earning between eighty and $99,000, they will take a 27.5% cut. Any player that uh, is over 200000 they will take up to 50% for those players. So dire straits for all sports at the moment. It sure is, Hayes. Stick with us. The Dig is coming up next on Off the Bench. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Andrew Murdoch. The Dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Yes, make sure you do that. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. And it is time for The Dig. And I'm going to go first. And I'm going to take aim at the AFL players out there now. I'm not going to mention any single names here, but we have an opportunity going forward to restart the AFL competition with a quarantine hubs idea that's been floated for a couple of weeks. But already I've heard from a couple of players saying, oh, they're not sure about the quarantine hubs. It's hard work going away from your families for four to five weeks. It could be up to two months. Well, let's go back 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago when a lot of our grandfathers went away to war. Mm. Now, they went away for a number of years. We're Mm. asking our players to go to another state, to stay in a hotel, to be away from their families for up to five weeks for the betterment of the AFL, but not only of the AFL, Mm. for all of their coaches and staff that have been laid down. If there's no footy play and this doesn't happen in that format, then those people go without money for a long time. Surely the players can suck it up, just go and get it done, Five weeks, it shouldn't require your family to move with you. Just go away for five weeks and get it done for the betterment of everybody in the industry. I think that's not too much to ask. I don't think it is either, Hayes. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, if it's for your job, you're most likely getting well paid. I think it's the least you can do, but you can't blame the players for also looking after their own best interests as well. So you've got to keep both factors in mind. I'm turning my attention to a singular AFL footballer in Lockie Hunter. Got himself into an almighty bit of trouble. Drink driving court uh, with a blood alcohol level of 0.123. Just ridiculous behaviour, Hayes. And I think he very, very well and truly deserves to have a dig targeted him. Idiotic behaviour, putting himself and others at risk. And also potentially getting his teammates into a fair bit of trouble as well. What do you think about that? Yeah, Bailey Smith and Billy Gowers, they were also involved in the situation, taking him away from the scene of an accident. Look, he did the right thing initially, and he did give a lot of his credentials to some of the other car owners that he crashed into. But to being in that state... It's a really bad look for the AFL right now. It's a really bad look for him as well and the Western Bulldogs. They will continue to conduct a thorough investigation, no doubt the Western Bulldogs, but you'd have to think he's going to get a punishment from the Victorian police, but also from the Western Bulldogs on top of that. And given where we are in the AFL right now, it is not an ideal situation. Just a hypothetical. Say if he gets, say, what would he get from the club? Maybe a, a five-month ban. Or I don't know, five-game uh, ban. Monetary. Okay, monetary. If he does, if football doesn't resume for another six months, will they just let him play straight away, or do you think even after six months they'll make him miss an actual game when he could have played? Depends on the punishment they give him. Whether it's around matches or 
around a length of time. But normally, given this scenario, I think they would be likely to go towards matches if they go that well. But I do think it'll be more of a big monetary fine. And a final little dig from me. It took too long for the Victorian government to reopen golf courses. I know everything needs to be taken seriously, but social distancing, golf is a perfect sport for that. Fair enough. Well, stick with us. We're catching up with Matthew Lloyd next, myself and Carl Langan. We had a good chat with him throughout the week, and it's coming up next. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Andrew Murdoch. Nice to have this man off the top of the hour. His name is Matthew Lloyd, and of course, he was born on this day in 1978. He's 42 today. Happy birthday, Lloydy. How are you, mate? Thanks, Carl. Uh, hey, yeah, great. Thanks. You know, I've had a wonderful day. So, isolation uh, means you're with your family most of the time. So, it's been really enjoyable. Uh, it's good to see that you've still been doing some work. And, mate, I've been staying up late. Well, you have to stay up late over our side of the country here in Western Australia on Footy Classified. And there's been a fair bit of talk, and particularly when it comes to hubs and things of that nature. And the AFL have announced pretty much that they will make some decisions by the end of the month, which is good. Yeah, I think uh, by the end of April, um, as you said, Carl, but uh, we'll, we'll know a bit more. And you know, I'm still learning a fair bit myself, and I'm hanging off every word in, in meetings at uh, Eddie Maguire or Hutchie or Caroline Wilson who have got their ears close to the ground on these things. And it seems to me that, yeah, that uh, if, if Western Australia and South Australia release um, some of the, the strict uh, laws that we've got going at the moment with the health, that, uh, that they could be the places to start playing footy first and as, as Melbourne might be a month or so behind. So we could start playing footy in Melbourne after that point in time. So, yeah, it uh, wouldn't be a bad place to shack up at uh, Crown in Perth there and, and play some footy. Absolutely. Now, uh, rather than talking shop, Lloyd, we want to get to know you a little bit more, mate, and yeah. uh, find out a bit about you as a kid and growing up. Where did you grow up and when did you start mm-hmm. playing footy? Uh, so I, I grew up in uh, Avondale Heights, where my family still live. Uh, lived in the house for 50 years, uh, my mum and dad have. So, uh, yeah, grew up uh, in Avondale Heights. That's a part of the Essendon District Football League, so only about 15 minutes away from Windy Hill, where uh, I was obviously fortunate enough to be drafted and, and trained. And uh, my dad played 29 games for Carlton through the late 60s, so I grew up uh, you know, dreaming of playing for Carlton. Uh, but the father-son rule trains from 20 to 50 games when I was about um, 14 or 15 years of age. So, um, no, I always had a footy under the arm. I had two older brothers, uh, Simon, who's uh, head of footy at, at Geelong, and then Brad, who's head of footy at uh, at Carlton. So, yeah, we always had a passion for footy, and it was something I always wanted to do. And was there any other sports, mate, that you got into as a young bloke? Uh, yeah, I'm mad about cricket and Carl and, and, and Hayes. I didn't play cricket from the ages of 16 to 32, and... I've played cricket with a team uh, around the Bayside area where I live now from 32 to 42. So I'm still playing as many games as the wife allows me to play. So that about number five and bowl first change and have a a heap of fun with it. And you put that footage on social media too. I think you took Pfeiffer recently and you just put it out there for everybody to see, Lloydo. Yeah, it was quite funny. Um, I hadn't done much all year and and they sent the cameras, the Channel 9 footy show, said we're looking for some content. Do you mind if we send a camera crew down there. I said, oh, I don't expect too much. It was amazing how much quicker I started bowling when there was a camera back behind me. But I not bowler's arm and took one wicket where the stump flew out of the ground and suddenly I uh, felt like I was Mitchell Stark or something and <laughs> took five and I uh, was just brilliant vision uh, that the boys have sort of gone with 
uh, you know, for many years since that, since that day happened. On that, uh, it sounds like you could have gone either way with cricket or footy, and you did have some concerns mm. about the draft age being raised, that it could mm. have an impact and allow some of our athletes to choose one over the other if we went to 19 or 20 years of age from a draft point of view. Yeah, I did make that point last night, Hayes. I've just uh, you know, been fortunate through a role at both at Halebury uh, in the private school system in Melbourne and also the elite AIS AFL Academy. And I touched on you know, the Steve Canelio, uh, gun cricketer, uh, growing up. And I know was was really torn about uh, whether to play cricket or footy. And Kristen Petrarca and Pendlebury with their, their basketball and Sam Day with his, his baseball, they all had decisions to make. And heard Damien Hardwick mention you know, even as uh, old as 20 uh, to to wait, you know, but then I just think we'd lose too many guys and that's something we always used to sell to those boys that there's 800 opportunities to make it at AFL level but, you know, if you want to make it at cricket, you, you'd want to be in the best 11 cricketers, you know, whether that's in an IPL or, or you know, in an Australian cricket team. So that's something we always sold to them. So I don't, wouldn't want to lose that if we go down the track that Luke Beveridge Damien Hardwick are pushing with you know, 19 and 20 year olds. More of Matthew Lloyd coming your way after this. Off the bench with Paul Hazelby and Andrew Murdoch. Your old coach, Kevin Sheedy, he's had a bit to say recently about a grand plan going forward. Uh, Gil McLaughlin said today that it's probably unlikely that more games would be played. It was an idea that was formed on our show, actually, from Mouse, from Mouse Promotions. Not sure if you're aware of him, Lloydo, but what do you make of his mm. comments around extending the season next year and the year after with more games? Uh, well, I must admit, I haven't followed it too too closely, although I do know Mouse, and he did send me the text message uh, yesterday, but I haven't read it, I haven't read too. it too closely. You to too. Be <laughs> so, uh, anyway, Mouse was pumping up that he's given it to Sheeds, and Sheeds has got a back page story with it. So, you know, it's a good effort from Mouse if he's got a back page and Sheeds has stolen it from him. But uh, I, I think that... Uh, the, the type of games that were played in round one, if they're that short, I reckon we could play more games, um, which would be good because you know, I think at the end of every year we, we sort of look at the draw and sometimes think, geez, that, that team got lucky or that team got lucky. And I, In a perfect world, I wish it was 17 games where we played each other once or we did get to play each other twice. But I just think it's it's that taxing a season. I certainly wouldn't want to be playing, um, you know, 34 games or something like that a season. So, um, yeah, uh, I think we've got sort of either 17 or stick with what we've got at the moment. While we're on Kevin Sheedy, he was your first coach. He is your premiership coach. And Mm. the relationship that you have with him, what was it like? Uh, It was really good, Carl. Like, uh, what I loved about Sheeds was he had an amazing ability to hit me between the eyeballs uh, with what I needed to do better and what I need to know. But then... He'd always finish the conversation in a way that, but you're a great player and you'll kick me five next week. He just had this ability to tell you what you need to hear, but also make you want to, you couldn't wait for the next game to come around. Uh, and, and that's where I've had other coaches where they'd give it to you, but had no way of really picking you up or, or making you feel good about yourself. And it's all about player relationships. And he was so good. His ability as a, say, a 55-year-old, 60-year-old to relate to 17-year-olds is amazing, and he still comes over to my house now when we catch up. And I've got a seven-year-old son, and he's in the backyard teaching my son how to use his non-preferred foot and hand. And and my son loves him and just hangs off every word he's got. So that's where he had a real uh, art to have his players want to play for him. 
you have had a bit to say about the Essendon Football Club and you're frustrated. Yeah. Comments today, they don't know what success is, what's culture. Mm. They wouldn't know what culture is since mm. I've gone and retired. The frustration has built and grown at the mediocrity that has happened at the Essendon Football Club. Where does this come from? And Zaharakis actually hit back today. Mm. Yeah, I think that um, I never... I was asked to do a podcast on Tuesday with um, Caroline Wilson, Jake Noel and Michael Gleeson from The Age and you know, we spoke spoke general footy for 20, 30 minutes. And then it was all about what's gone wrong since the year 2000 and just spoke about even times that I was there for my last five years. We never truly believed that we could beat certain teams and our standards dropped a little bit. Um, and then it's just gone on with you know the you know losing draft picks and the supplement scan or having the whole teams wiped out. So... Um, there's just so many different things um, that have gone on o- over the period of time to have Essendon not having won a final for 15 years. And I've just probably felt that um, at times uh, there's been nothing really sustainable through that period where you've got a real faith and trust that Essendon's going to get on a roll and play good, hard, tough footy that you need to win big finals and premierships. And I hope that comes. And, um, you know, I, look, I, spoke, I did mention Richmond last night saying, yeah, you know, I didn't have a lot of respect for Richmond for a long period and Cochin and Revolt and Rance and all these good players, but didn't feel like they were ever going to have team success and they were able to turn it around through changing things through Hardwick and, and Cochin and manning up and saying, you know what, I haven't been great in these areas, but I'm going to change and, and back that up. And, and that's what I think needs to happen at Essendon over the coming years. Good chat there with Matthew Lloyd. Well, that's all we got time for today on Off the Bench. For myself, Paul Hazeby, Andrew Murdoch, thanks for joining us and tune in next week to do it all again. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.